Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast, Illinois, with another fourth quarter lead. That's, that's got to be three in losses, at least. Three in the last five games. Yeah, month, Wisconsin, Iowa, now Northwestern. Tough. Illinois falls 45-43. The season ends as... They finish the regular season five and seven. No bowl game for them. Andy Olson and Brett Barron's with you. Brett, you're at the game. Illinois driving down the field, 80-yard touchdown pass to Casey Washington with under a minute left. They go for two, and they don't get it. Controversial. What did you see from your perspective? There's a flag on the field, and I thought, oh, man, Illinois is getting a bailout here. We're going to overtime. They're going to get this thing in. Similar to, you know, several times this season where Illinois' fourth quarter heroics have been there. I think of Indiana. I think of Minnesota. I think of Toledo in the season opener. And, you know, what a storybook it would have been on the fourth down and 10-plus in the Toledo game. I think it was Mm -hmm. fourth and 11. And they convert that, right? And they win the game against Toledo, who's actually very good. They hadn't... Turns out. The Rockets are... uh, Toledo hasn't lost since then. And so, you know... How fitting it would have been to punch a bowl ticket and go down when Northwestern punts on its own 30, takes actually 35 because they take a delay of game penalty with a minute and change left. They punt it into the end zone, give Illinois a chance. Casey Washington goes 80 yards after going 70-plus yards on a big catch uh, a couple of plays before that and, and the drive before that to get Illinois back in it. And yet the two-point play is no good because the refs say that the ball was tipped. Which is a legit thing on Correct. pass interference calls. However, what it looked like was defensive holding yes. on Northwestern, and Casey Washington was the targeted receiver on that one. It looked like defensive holding, which would not fall under the tipped ball negating yes. the whole penalty. And that was a sticking point first game for Brett Bielema. Yeah, that was tough. He had some words uh, after that and what he thought of that call, not holding much back. And it's a really tough way to end it. There's no guarantees that Illinois would have gotten the two-point conversion on the other end. There's no guarantees they would have won the game. This wasn't like a walk-off scenario where Illinois was going for two. Yeah, it would have forced OT. But it would have tied it up at 45. Who knows what happens in overtime. We saw that in the Indiana game where Illinois came out and won. And so... That's a tough way to end it, man, after you get yeah. a chance there when Northwestern gifts them a chance, essentially, right? I, like, both? Jack Olsen makes a 46-yard field goal. This would have been 47 from the 30. Same end of the field, though, right? Like, you just stepped up and made a 46-yarder. Sure. and The wind must have been blowing that way oh, because man, he, the, he was short on the 47-yarder going the other way. There was not much wind, though. That's the was thing, not? Andy. Like, okay. I, I was standing there on the field just – shocked that they weren't even trying it yeah like the chances for illinois to go down that far the the field and then they do it they go 80 yards like incredible for what they were able to do there and and i i get the understanding from northwestern in that scenario you're up eight what there's two minutes left in the game field goal puts not even that not even that no because they kicked a field goal and uh illinois went 80 yards in 19 seconds yeah. Two plays. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, there there was no 
There was not much time left on the clock there at all, and Illinois was no. able to do that. But, but if you make the field goal, you go up 11. If you miss it, you give them the ball at the 35 instead of <sighs> where you tried to pin it inside the Well, five. it could have been the 30. Like, okay, then you got to go sure. 70 yards. They yeah. take the delay of game there. I d- I'm just trying to think of this from the Northwestern, and I was standing there on the field just like, what are they doing? Like, David Braun, this is crazy that you're not even going to attempt it because the game's over if they kick the field goal the game's sure. over they it can't is. they can't score two or I say they can't right it's big 10 It'd west who knows what happened difficult but like if you make that field goal the game is essentially over two score game yeah. yes with a minute 14 left that's what was that's what Illinois got the ball with a buck 14 yeah and in two plays goes 80 yards and then because it's, of it's the touchback and put him I think Casey would have scored from any length but sure yeah uh, just also what was going on we can talk about in Illinois' defense, but Northwestern's defense, especially in that fourth quarter, just allowing these big chunk plays to Casey Washington. Crazy, man. Just going across the field and outrunning them all. Yeah, uh, almost. He had that, what, 77 yeah. or 73-yard gain. Goes down uh, inside the five. A couple of drives before that. Did not have the breakaway speed on that, but still able to get them uh, into the end zone later that led to the touchdown. And so, uh, just a crazy fourth quarter where we have 37 points scored in the th- in the fourth quarter alone between the two teams after they only put up 10 points in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It's it's somewhat of a microcosm of Illinois season, right? Like they were five and three in one score games. Like I don't want to lose sight of that. I think that's mm-hmm. important. Like they still won two more games and they lost in one score games. Like that is yeah. super important here. But when you're trying to get to a bowl. Like, this is what it is, right? And so you have three one-score losses, and when you look back at those, you give up 18 points to Wisconsin, who's not very good, in the fourth quarter at home, yeah. right? You, you're you up in this game against Northwestern. It's, it's uh, what was it, 28-20, no, math's hard, 31-28. Yeah. So it's, it's 31-28. Uh, Northwestern's back to punt. I think it was three and out. Yeah, so they had scored Case was it Casey or was that Pat Bryant? Nope, that was Pat. So they, they scored score on the Pat 31-28. And then they force them uh to punt the ball on, yes. on, the, on the next defensive um or che- the next northwestern possession. Yeah, I'm checking here. Uh because thirty one twenty eight, that was the uh That was b- to b- begin the fourth quarter. Yeah, begin the fourth quarter. They go one, two, three. Thir- three and out. That's what I thought. The momentum at the fourth quarter yeah. is all in Illinois' hands there. Sure. Right? 31-28, Northwestern goes three and out. Your defense, which has not been great most of the day, other than a couple of picks uh, from Miles Scott, that he yeah. played better in that sense. The turnover ferry was alive in uh, in Memorial there for the last game. Yeah, not sure but, what Bryant was doing on that pick six uh, dude, that he just terrible threw Terrible pass. Like, absolutely awful. All Miles had to do was play center field, yeah. and he went out and got and, the and ball. And Illinois benefited from that. But it's it's 31-28, and, and I'm thinking, sitting here going, Illinois got a great opportunity 100%. here. 100%. Like, they're up. They, the defense just forces a three and out. And then Isaiah Williams drops the ball, and it's like, on the punt, deep in territory, too. So yeah. then, all of a sudden... At that point, Northwestern able to start at the 18-yard line. Yeah. Like, dude, that to me was uh That was is crazy. the turning point. That's yeah. the turning point that, in the that game. That to me is is where the game shifted. Yeah. And then when you have the Canary-Wilcher fumble on, on, the, the very, on the kickoff. On the very next series of plays, the kickoff, 
that gets not there wasn't even an offensive possession by Northwestern in between. Just straight yeah. returned for a touchdown. You just gift Northwestern fourteen straight points. So it goes before from your offense even has the ball up three to down eleven. Yeah, just, just like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. Like in almost no time off the clock. The game just completely flipped. And yet, I want to give Illinois some credit here because they were still able to bounce back. I thought that they was, were. It was really impressive that the offense was still able to come out and, and do what it did with these chunk plays. Is that more Illinois' offense, or is that more Northwestern's defense being it, absolutely putrid? Yeah. It, Probably you, somewhat of both. If you take away those two scores, the defense being backed up inside the red zone when Northwestern starts with it, and then the touchdown not even given up by the defense. That was given up by the special team's kickoff return, the defense only gives up 31 points outside of those plays. Not great at at all. But I think it's better than when you look at 45, maybe. And and you just think about without those mistakes, how different, not just this game could have gone for Illinois, how different this season could have gone for Illinois. But it is is just a microcosm. I think Brett Bielema is correct in his postgame presser when he said that if he gets asked about just like one word what the 2023 season was and is just frustrating. that That's what it's been like to watch Illinois football all season. Because I feel like Bielema's team got out Bielema, right? Like they, they sure. always say this tough, smart, dependable, right? What does Bielema always say? You got to uh, stop the run, establish a run game, and, mm-hmm. and defend kicks, right? Like things that they were not able to do this no. season by and large of what his team's historically, especially at Wisconsin, were able to do, right? The offensive yeah. line was, by and large, not great this season. Now, it, it did come on strong sure. here the last four to five weeks, the last month of the season, they played better. But they were putrid to start the season, right? They didn't have enough depth. And Bielema said that today in his postgame, that they they didn't have enough offensive linemen, you know? Yeah. So that's a roster mismanagement, or they just don't have enough talent, which I think is both. Yeah, and if, if it wasn't, the offensive line, it was the penalties early. And and then late in the season, it was the defense yeah. playing off. The secondary just not being what you needed. The the running backs, everyone getting injured. Like, there were so many things. And now the injury bug isn't necessarily their fault. But so many things went wrong for Illinois this season, which almost kind of makes it difficult to to try and break down, to try to try and evaluate. Because I don't know how you evaluate this Illinois season See, now th- that it's done and put to bed. I, I think it's a mix of both, right? Because when you look back, how much of their five wins were execution when it mattered most, right? We already talked about Toledo. Sure. You get heroics from John Paddock at Minnesota. Yeah. Okay, so there's two wins where you feel like... I would consider heroics against Indiana as well. Absolutely, sure. right? So this team rode that fine line of like, yes, they they should have made a bowl, right? This team was talented enough to make a bowl. This team was also like a couple of plays of being a one or two win team. Yeah, and I it's, think it's not that far of a margin. Well, there, when you bring up the fact that they're five and three in one score games, that's all your wins. You didn't yeah. win any games by any blowouts or anything like that this season. But that's what Bielema does, right? Like exactly. This, this is what he does in his career. He plays yeah. tight games. You're competitive. But you've got to play better football when it matters most, and that's what they weren't able to do. No, I ride this fine line of this team could have easily, like I said, been what two and ten. Yeah, for sure. Like it's not that far fetched, and I'm not trying to be negative here. It's just the reality of what this was. They're not that far off from being a 
two to three win team. No, like, it, but the that statistics is like, of John Paddock doing what he did at Minnesota, yeah. right? Now, maybe some things go the other way. And I think that's also fair. And maybe you don't give up 18 points at home to Wisconsin, right? Maybe you don't play as terribly as you did to Nebraska at home. Like, Nebraska wasn't a good team. No, I think that <clears throat> this is almost uh, uh, a, an average way this season could have gone just based on the way that they played because you're right worst case scenario if every 50 50 you know we'll call it like i mean fourth and 11 trying to convert against toledo how many times are you converting that right right the the heroics by john paddock going 85 yards down the field in the final minutes of the game you're not doing that too many times if you replay that game 10 times so if you think about it illinois almost benefited from some of these 50 50 you know, could go either way moments more yep. so than than they would on average. Uh, it, it is just those games that you brought up when they were so bad that I think is the reason that they're not going into the postseason and that they're not finishing with six or seven wins. Because yeah. you should be beating teams like Purdue, like Nebraska, like Wisconsin. And this is the other thing, too, I thought of. Illinois, again today, loses to another first-year Big Ten head coach. Yeah, 0 for 4. Like, to me, that also... Now, like, what am I going to ask Brett Bielema about that? It's not, like, something that you just, like, necessarily no. ask the head coach about. But it's something that we can sit here and talk about because yeah. when you look back at that, that's got to be really tough to swallow as an Illini fan. You lost to David Braun, who's never been an FBS football coach before today, mm-hmm. right, or before this season, right? You lose to Luke Fickle, who's been wildly successful in his time with Cincinnati, uh, and even before that with an assistant at Ohio State, but he's taking over a new program. And so you're taking over this – new job and, and trying to bring in your own guys and, and just mesh mm-hmm. the system. And it's been proven that's really tough to do, you know. And when you go and lose to Brian Walters at Purdue, right? And, like, Purdue was not one. good this season, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that's that's really tough. And, and Matt Rule's been very successful, right? But you still lose to a Nebraska team that was rebuilding this season. Yeah. And so – Man, that's got to sting when you look back at this. And I know it will for Brett Bielema to look Mm -hmm. back and say, hey, we're in year three, and we were 0-4 against coaches in their first year in Big Ten programs. He's going to have nine months to to think about it, and I'm sure that won't be a ton of fun. But I feel like we talked the game to death. Like This is kind of almost a post-mortem for the season as a whole. So when you look back, Brett, for you, what do you think is the worst loss? This season, to me, it was Nebraska at home. Okay. Like I understand the Purdue thing was tough. Uh, I think Walters had his team amped up there, and it was on the road. Yeah, for me, it was that seven point output against Nebraska, where mm-hmm. the offense was essentially broken at that point. Man, like there was no ball movement whatsoever. You're playing on a Friday night, early October, and you can't score more than seven points against Nebraska. Like that, that was really tough. Second to me is Purdue because yeah. Ryan Walters, first-year head coach. Brett Bielema's in his 15th year. He likes to remind people of that. Says it all the time. And and you lose, right? And, and you didn't just lose. Like, you lost by 25. That's, I That's think, really tough. And some of that was um, inflated a little bit by what happened at the end of the game. But I think because of the whole Ryan Walters connection, that makes – the Purdue loss, the worst loss of the season. For you? In my mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. What do you think was the best, I don't want to say best win, but like best moment of the season? And for, for me, it's got to be, I think, the John Paddock. Yeah. You know, oh, the uh, stories bet, bet, for sure. Between the end of the Minnesota game and then the Indiana game, that yeah. is the best moment to me 
is Paddock coming in and, and doing what he does in those two games. I would say it's more Minnesota for me because mm-hmm. of you're playing P.J. Fleck, who's established there. Like, Tom Allen's fighting for his job, and it's a bad Indiana team yeah. at home. So, for me, it, I think the moment is the win at Minnesota where Paddock comes in. Yes, certainly, you know, throwing for 507 yards crazy. against the Hoosiers is crazy, and that's legendary stuff there, right, mm-hmm. in overtime and all of that. Uh, but the lightning in a bottle that was Minnesota uh, is for me. And the disappointing part about that, too, Andy, is like that's going to be largely forgotten. Because I mean, of this, yeah. You know, the Paddock's loss. stats will always be there and the record will always be there. You know, f- well, maybe. I mean, maybe it's broken someday. I doubt it. But, like, you know, to throw for 507 yards in a stadium record is incredible. But when we look back on this you're not able to parlay that into something more, right? If Illinois yeah. was able to make a bowl, I think the story only gets heightened into, into what that was. And now it's just like, oh, well, that was a disappointing season. For sure. And this season is a failure in my eyes. For sure. I mean, I, I don't think that's too hyperbole to sit here and say that Illinois failed. Like, Brett Bielema failed at this season. Yes, they won five games. They were right on the precipice. But this whole thing, from the time we started this talk at Big Ten Media Days, it was all about sustained success. That's what mm-hmm. this season was about. And getting to a bowl, I think, would have achieved that. So when you fall one game short of that, it's a failure. For it, sure. It's it's not good enough for what this program was. Brett Bielema has said all along he didn't come to Illinois to be 5-7. and seven. Well, two out of the first three years, he's 5-7. and seven. Yeah. And that's the reality of what it is. And that's that's disappointing, you know. And Brett Bielema doesn't get paid $6 million a year to go 5-7. and seven. I think that's also fair criticism, and he knows that, mm-hmm. right? That's something that he's going to have to figure out. And Andy, now the biggest thing is he's got to get to work. Like, there's oh, got to be yeah. harder work now than there has been even at any point going, you know, in the past because they've got to f- take some tough assessments, especially in the secondary, which was porous this season. It's, it's crazy how far of a drop-off they had. I didn't think it would be this bad. I don't think so either. I think Matthew Bailey being out for the season definitely has something to do with that. Um, You have one guy who was an outstanding true freshman who misses the entire season. Um, That certainly impacts. It's not great that you didn't have the depth there to replace him, but certainly losing him is is probably up there as one of the things that went the most wrong yeah and i Illinois this completely year. agree with that but that also in year three you've got to have better depth than that with the portal mm-hmm. you know and the offensive and line issues like they didn't go get more offensive linemen in the portal i, I mean this is part of it i don't know i don't i don't completely subscribe to the like you know the portal blaming almost because the, it's so <laughs> new that i think anyone putting together any semblance of like uh a complete roster is a success in, in the portal yeah. universe because trying to make the numbers work and just trying to get everything, you know, and trying to keep your own team mm-hmm. together without everyone leaving. It, it's hard for me to, it kind of felt like this was the first year of that. Maybe you can consider it second year of that. Hard for me to blame someone for, you know, not being, not having the most depth because of, what the portal is and but in year easily. three is it not fair to assume that illinois should have had more depth at some of probably. these positions or they misevaluated the talent right because yeah, we heard probably. all along coming into this season that guys in the secondary were ready to take this next step and so either they weren't put in the right position or there was a mis-evaluation of the talent and how good these guys were yeah 
because I, think I, I think both of those things are fair. Both of those things are true. And they're going to have to have some tough conversations about who they want back, who will return, and then who's going to have as big of a role. Because injuries yeah. happen, right? Like, yeah, does it suck that Matthew Bailey got hurt? Absolutely. Like, that's very unfortunate for them that he played all of, like, 15 snaps this entire season. But, yeah. like, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, no one's sitting here feeling sorry for, for Brett Bielema and his staff because – they don't have enough guys, you know, because that's what it turned out to be. They didn't have enough guys in the offensive line that could that could play and make a difference, mm-hmm. and they didn't have enough depth in the secondary. Yeah, and, you know, it, it definitely is something that you can blame them for, especially if they were maybe banking on someone coming in, and then, like, I think we saw with one offensive line, they make a last-second flip to yeah, Avery Jones. Avery Jones. Uh, and that is something you can blame them for, but that's just, like, the reality of what sure. the portal is. Uh, and it's can only continue down that path. It feels like, especially for this upcoming season. Yeah, just uh, uh, I look at it as these next three to four weeks before signing day. I think it's December twentieth yeah. is the opening of signing day. Like absolutely ginormous, and the portal opening December fourth. Yeah, huge for this pro. Like they they have to do some serious digging and an evaluation here in these next three to four weeks to figure out the trajectory of next season. Cause that's to me where it all starts. Like it, yeah, certainly you want to get better. Uh, and some guys will get better by just playing. Right. I mean, that's, there's a lot of new faces back there taking on bigger roles, but you also don't have that much time, right? The big Ten's only getting so much harder next year. Yeah. You, you lose a lot of these West games that are guaranteed, you know. You pick up at Oregon. <laughs> I, I mean, good luck, Sorry. right? Like, mm-hmm. Oregon's fighting for a fight, a spot in the college football playoff. I mean, I, I just I just think this next three to four weeks absolutely crucial uh, for the future of this program. Yeah. Before we wrap up here, is there a player that stuck out to you that you're not anticipating to play as much, play as well as they did that uh, – is a stand a bright spot. We don't want to end on the negative stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I give a ton of credit to Casey Washington for what he was able yeah. to do today. You know, scores three touchdowns. Three, right? Mm-hmm. The dude had one receiving touchdown coming into uh, coming into this game in his career, mm-hmm. and he puts up three in his final game. Like, crazy. Pretty crazy what he was able to do. Give him a lot of credit for uh, just fighting, you know, continuing to fight and uh, and and – not giving up after transferring to Wake Forest and then First returning, yeah. coming back. Brett Bielema uh, welcomes, welcomes him back into the program. And, Who I uh, didn't even realize, I heard in the post game that Isaiah Williams was one of the one of the guys that vouched for him to come back into the program because that was the first semester that Brett Bielema was in charge. Yeah, pretty crazy that you know he comes back and finishes 218 yards and three touchdowns, man. Yeah. Like, good for him. You know, he – he played well enough there uh, to win, and and you know to me this season's going to come down to defense, especially in the secondary, and and just that offensive line uh, was just not good enough, you know, sure. early on in the season, and uh, and that's where Illinois is sitting at home for the holidays, you know, uh, that can't win three straight hat rivalry matchups for the first time since 1990. They miss a bowl game, still haven't gone to back-to-back bowl games since 2010-2011. And uh, they got their work cut out for them. That's a crazy stat, 2010, 2011. It is, uh, it is an interesting way to end the season. It's been just an interesting season overall. No uh, doubt. Yeah, a lot of things have gone wrong. 
some really special moments mixed in there as well. Thanks for joining us all season on these uh, post-game podcasts. They, of course, continue going into basketball season. We're done with crossover season now, Brett. We can, yep. fo- we can focus on basketball now uh, as they get ready to head out to the East Coast. Can't believe that's less than a week already. Crazy stuff. One week from today, we'll be sitting here talking about Illinois Rutgers. Well, you'll be sitting here. Illinuckers. I'll be I'll be in an Airbnb in New Jersey. There you but, go. Uh, you'll be here. Anyways, uh, it was definitely a fun football season, but it ends in the sour way for the Illini. Five and seven. Their final record is they fall 45-43 to Northwestern. For Brett, I'm Andy. Like I said, thanks for joining us all season on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Thank you.